Studios. It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Well, I mean, we have good players and we got a good set. I mean, we're, we're in a, we just got to get, we're right there. You're, I mean, you're not, it's not like we're getting ran out of the stadium. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but we're, at the same time, it doesn't matter whether you ran out of one play. You're right there close, but you got to, guys are right there and, and how hard they're playing and, and the belief they have in what we're doing. And we just got to keep executing. We'll find a way to make a play or two and all of a sudden you'll get over the hump. don't pretend I won't defend you. It's hard to know if he was talking about Texas A&M's season or Oklahoma's season. Really hurts when you say it that way. <laughs> 20th ranked head coach uh, Jimbo Fisher there, according to CBS. I think I heard somewhere mixed in there, um, you know, we're right there, you make a play, uh, and you get over the hump. I mean, doesn't matter how close you are, how far away you are, but, you know, it's, uh, there was something like that in there. Would you pay to hear Jimbo Fisher confess his love to uh, someone else? No. You wouldn't? I don't. I just really love you, baby. I just got to tell you this much right here. All right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to love you, don't you? <laughs> uh, I, I would pay for that. It'd be amazing. I don't know that I'd pay for anything with Jimbo Fisher. Well, Jimbo Fisher would pay for a lot. I think that we've uh, seen that so far at A&M. Yeah. Uh, the preseason magazines are out. You know what that means. Ooh, about you're about to, to drop about $75 yeah. this summer on all of these, searching for content to use on the uh, radio show. Athlon is out. And you know what I love the most about these preseason magazines? The is pictures? The, uh, the photos, yes. Big fan of those. The uh, ranking of uh, best um, party town? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's That's one and two so far. I'm really talking about number three. Oh. Do you have a guess as to what that is? Um, returning starters. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's four. <laughs> and that's in Phil Steele mostly. Oh, okay, yeah, that didn't come right. out till later. Wrong magazine. Athlon has the uh, quotes from anonymous uh, oh, Big yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. assistant coaches. All right. I got Oklahoma and Texas for you. We'll start with OU. Here's what an opposing Big 12 assistant coach says about OU right now. Quotes, probably the best way to explain last season is that they've got a head coach who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. They're caught between eras, what they were and also what was slipping, with Lincoln and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you got to work there. It's not easy. With Dylan Gabriel coming back, they're going to be one year better on offense but they're the least talented on defense that they have been in years. We're curious what Brent changes up in his scheme to account for the deficiencies. You can't run some of that Clemson stuff with what they've got in the front seven. You could tell in warm-ups it wasn't the same OU defense, and that's, a, and that's crazy because of how OU looked getting off the bus, end quotes. Can you read the first part of that quote again? Yeah, so it like changed pages. Okay. They're caught between eras, what they were and also what was slipping with Lincoln and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. Yeah. I I don't know. I uh, there's some things in there that I can understand. I the like the recruiting thing 
Yeah, and that that was my comment is like, well, first off, Brent knows the landscape of recruiting around here. He spent enough years here. I don't think it's changed dramatically since right. he left. And if I didn't know anything about OU's recruiting, I read that and say, ooh, they've had a tough time recruiting. They just had a number four class last year and the best defensive hole they've gotten in maybe over a decade. So yeah. that that confused me too. Yeah. Um uh, like some of the scheme stuff, uh I don't I don't know. I tend to disagree on, on some of the defensive scheme stuff. I, I But are they really the least talented on defense that they've been in years? I mean, I saw some <laughs> not talented defenses when OU is making a college football playoff. I mean, maybe it's in the discussion, but by far and away the least talented team on defense? I, I, I don't know. Maybe don't know about that. Maybe last year they were. Um, I think this year is going to be quite a bit better. I mean, last year, if you think about it, you think about the front seven, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, front seven this year, there'll be a lot. But the least, like, there, there's been some bad defenses around here recently, unfortunately. There has. So, just to say that that was flat out the least talented defense they've had in several years, like, I'm I not. I agree with it. I, I'm not saying that the defense was actually better than what the numbers were. I'm not saying that. All, all I'm saying is that's a take because 2017 and 2018, they were pretty bad defensively. Yeah, but even in 2017 and 2018, there were, you'd kind of have like, um, you have like one or two. It was Oboe in 2017. 2017 Oboe, was was Tapper on that team too? No, he he had, he was gone by He's then, gone. I believe. Um, I, don't, it's, 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 I get the years mixed up on a lot of the guys. But last year, man, there. They weren't talented. They, yeah, I'm not trying to say that they weren't talented. I'm just saying like. Okay, I've seen some some defenses think, are pretty bad. All right, think about think about it this way. I think we're going to have one, maybe two starters back from the front seven from a year ago. I don't. Well, if what happens at end and edge happens, what I think is going to happen, then I would tend to agree with that. And the only guys, and it may not even be two. It's it's Co. and it's Stutzman. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two guys. And it's not like we lost everyone else to the NFL. Everyone else has kind of been replaced. Yeah. Okay, so the quote about they're caught between eras. I think most people understand what this Big 12 assistant coach is trying to say, but explain it exactly. OU's caught between eras, what they were and also what was slipping with Lincoln and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. Yeah, I I think that that's – I think that's true, but it's not like they're caught there because they don't know like what to do or where to go. I mean, it's just it's gonna it's a different football team that requires a different roster, and it's taken them some time to get there. I I, I don't think that it's um, like they're sitting around. Acting like, well, we don't know what we're going to be. That's not the case at all. It's just, it's taken some time to fix those things where they, like, Lincoln had his strong points 100%. And, you know, there's different ways to build a a winning football team. And 
Venable's vision and the SEC vision is quite a bit different, and you can't just flip the switch and be there. Uh, you've got to you got to kind of remake your roster in order to do that, and you know it's taken them a little bit. You just look at the numbers, the amount of guys that they've they've gone through in just a year and a half is a massive amount. Um, here's what an opposing Big 12 assistant coach had to say about Texas. Does not say if it's the same Big 12 assistant coach, just says it's an assistant coach in the conference. Now, that was a fairly negative review of the current state of OU affairs. What are you expecting to hear from the Texas side of things? How a Big 12 assistant views Texas right now? Um, Overwhelmingly positive like the national media? A little bit more realistic of the situation? Somewhere in between? I think it'll be somewhere in between. I think it'll probably be someone that I think they'll probably talk about how talented they are, but I, I actually, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's going to be positive. Quotes, they could get scary good if Quinn Ewers plays the way he's capable of. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Sark, uh, Steve Sarkeesian team. Losing Bijan Robinson is a serious blow, no doubt. But this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you just adjust to the other talent. You don't try and fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver that they're going to burn some teams. This defense is going to take a step up because they've been doing SEC-level work on that line. The staff has really, really changed that culture. Bo Davis and those guys don't screw around, and they've been weeding out the typical Texas entitlement we're all used to seeing. Those boys can hit now. They could actually back it all up this season. We'll see. End quote. <laughs> well, at least we know what Sarkeesian thinks of his own team. That was a tad bit of a, a different tone, huh, between I, the two teams? The The real telling line in, in, in there is uh, – it was something about becoming a, C- a Steve Sarkeesian type of team. Yes, they're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Steve Sarkeesian team, which the text line will say, oh, yeah, eight wins. That's the right. Steve Sarkeesian that's, way. That's, that's kind of the point. Um, uh, they're anonymous, so I think that one came from a Texas coach. No, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's – here's the thing is – Whenever you lay it out like that, it makes a lot of sense, right? And I agree with it if that hadn't been the exact same scenario for the past 15 years. Yep. It's it's the exact same scenario. Yeah, if Quinn Ewers plays like he's capable, if, you know, the the typical Texas entitlement is gone like all of those ifs if they're all gone then yeah they got a chance to be scary good they've had a chance to be scary good for a long time but it hadn't happened um do, do we really have any evidence that they this staff has weeded out the the Texas entitlement because I saw a team again last year that much like the previous years was inconsistent from a week in week out basis like there, there were some times where they played good football last year they played well against Alabama. You got to give them that. They played well on the road and beat Kansas State, but they were also just as likely to lay a complete dud on the road in Stillwater. They were just as likely to play a huge home game under the lights against TCU and not do anything offensively. 
Now, I don't know if that's exactly Texas entitlement, but it is inconsistent football, which was what I've been watching from them for 15 years now. So maybe they have weeded that out. I just don't think that we have any real evidence of it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I They've got really good coaches. Uh, the staff is excellent. But it's not the first group of good coaches that have been through there. Um, the the entitlement culture or whatever is there, for the most part, has chewed good coaching staffs up and spit them out down in Austin. Um, I don't. It, it's it's hard to comment on any of those things because I don't. I I just don't know what the day to day is like down there. I'll tell you this: they look like a totally different team. If their pregame warm-ups are how they practice, then I believe it um, because they have, like, some of the most physical pregame warm-ups that, that I've seen. And I don't know, it, it takes a while to get that ingrained into, into your team to where it's the true culture. And you're going to have some guys fight against it for a while, but I don't, I don't know. 402, Texas assistant coach, LOL. Yeah. It really did sound That's like right. it. Uh, if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt versus Bama, then blah, blah, says 602. Yeah. Yeah, we've been hearing that for a while now. Uh, Wade in OKC, this goes back to the assistant coach on OU. The first part of that is spot on. The recruiting part is nonsense. Yeah, that's really the part that threw me. Is Brent just didn't understand how hard it was going to be to get guys to Norman. They had two five-star defenders last year, yeah. and the number four, a top-five class. I don't that one. That one threw me quite it, a bit. It may be the most well-rounded recruiting class that they've had in a decade, right? Yes. Well, maybe even maybe even longer than that. <laughs> right. Oh, I agree. Last year, they just didn't have a historic offense to make up for the defense. No way they were as bad as 2018. Uh, 405 in 2017 and 2018, you had a first-round defender. Who was that on last year's team? Fair point. They didn't have that on last year's team, a first-round defender. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is, like, I, I'm not suggesting that either one of the de- – like, the defenses were better or worse or anything, but uh, as far as talent-wise, like, if you just want to talk about talent, specifically in the front seven, uh, I may be willing to agree with it. Uh, Austin is one of the most liberal cities ever, so there's that, says someone in the 918, throwing more (laughs) shade at Texas. Turns out to be true. Uh, KG in Piedmont, sounds like a crap, hot take. Uh, Jim in Arlington wanted me to read that in a Mike Gundy voice, sorry. He thinks that was Mike Gundy with those comments. (laughs) Uh, Gunny, machine gun, I'm thinking that. Assistant coach really doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I mean, there were some fair points in there about OU. It's just the recruiting side of things was, yeah, that's that's not right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I disagree with the, with the scheme part. I, I disagree with, like, they are caught between Lincoln's vision and Venable's vision, but it almost painted it as if like they don't know where they're going or how to well, get there. I think there. they know what they want to do. I don't well, think that's yeah, ever been an issue. That's what I'm saying. Is like. Yeah, they're caught between just because it's it takes a while to turn the roster over. You know, so I think it's pretty obvious what, what they're where they're trying to get to. Yeah, and I hey, I liked it. Whoever the coaches had a lot to say, put a lot out there. Usually, it's just like it one. It really sentence. is a short paragraph, and Athlon, like I'm pretty excited to spend. 
probably fifteen ninety nine now. Yeah, uh, you know, because all the uh, prices on everything are going up these days. It's it's usually like. Oh, they got a chance to be pretty good if that quarterback is back and stuff. Normally, like that. it's coach speak. Oh, yeah. they got a ton of talent. If it all comes together, they can. That is, it's pretty detailed. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Stay tuned. Talking sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? The hottest selection in town. Good. Plus, during the Memorial Day sales event, getting crowns, we want you and our crews to make it home safe and help us make Oklahoma safe. This message is brought to you by Oklahoma Transportation and the Oklahoma Turnpike Authority. Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. We're in studio today. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We don't talk a, a whole lot of NBA on this show, rightfully so. But I did put out on our uh, ref Twitter page, a- at KREF Sports. I'll read some responses. Uh, text line can interact as well. Can you name a former Sooner that's had a more surprising pro career than Austin Reeves? Can we all agree that what Austin Reeves has done so far in the NBA is um, it's pretty surprising? It's been a lot of fun to watch, but I at least I I I did not expect this. Um, I I remember talking about it, and I felt kind of the same way I did about Trey Young with Austin Reeves is that. He'd, he'd be a better NBA player than college player. But, no, I did not see him playing the way that he has. Frankly, I th- I was I didn't know – like, you knew Trey was going to be drafted really high. I didn't even know if Reeves would get drafted exactly. out of OU. So, I, I wasn't necessarily sure that he would find a roster and be able to catch on, but it's – uh, he, he there's a bit of a stroke of luck with with the Lakers and how he how he got opportunity there and in every opportunity he's taken it and run with it. Where did he start before he transferred here? Wichita that's, State. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think he's a high school basketball legend in Arkansas. Played at Wichita State, sat out a year, and was eligible. And yeah, it, he his last game at OU was incredible, man. They were uh, feel like they were getting beat the whole game at TCU. He just goes off towards the end of the game, and it felt like that was the win that got OU on the right side of the bubble. All right, mm-hmm. OU is going to make the NCAA tournament. Let's see. COVID happens, and well, we never really got right. to see what's and that's and that's kind of somewhat of a bummer. Not that I would have picked OU to make a Final Four or Elite Eight run that year, right? But you see what Austin Reeves is now, and you can't help but say. Well, would he have went nuts in an NCAA tournament? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. He's he's about to make an insane amount of money. A lot. He'll be like Kobe. He's about to make a ton of cash. He, no he, I bet he's going to make $20 million a year. Maybe. Isn't that yeah. incredible? It's awesome. It's that amount him. of money, it's it may it may be more than that. I don't maybe I'm I'm selling him short. <laughs> Text line says, and I don't I'm not saying it to copy you. I'm saying it how it's spelled out in the text line. Wait until Brady Maniac goes off next year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
perfect text message. Uh, Chris Lambacus on Twitter says, Corey Ivey, undrafted out of OU in the late 90s, played a yeah. decade in the NFL and won a Super Bowl ring with Tampa. Yeah. Hell, if we're talking football also, I think you have to go with Jalen Hurts, yeah, don't that, you? Well, I was going to get to that one, but sure. Jalen Hurts. He was in doubt as soon as last year. Chris Chester played like 12 years in the NFL. And I think he only – he started as a tight end at Oklahoma and, you know, was just like a kind of a utility guy. And Heck, then, he caught the fake field goal at Missouri, right? Yeah. Chris Chester. Yeah, yep. that's right. And, you know, turned into an offensive lineman. And next thing you know, he turns into a really good zone blocker and plays 10 years or more in the NFL. David Renner on Twitter says, Jimmy Wilkerson yeah. came out after the 2002 season despite Bob's advice not to, played eight years in the NFL. Yep. Took him a while to uh, like to, to, to get like an, um, an established spot, but ended up playing three technique in the NFL. That dude, he didn't stop growing. He came to OU as – he played – uh, quarterback in high school, came to OU as a linebacker, played Mike Backer, then played defensive end, then went to the NFL and played defensive line. And the entire time, I remember – Sounds God-given to me. He was uh, – I think he was with the Chiefs at the time, but he was playing defensive tackle and running down on kickoff at like 300 pounds <laughs> nice. and was Good. a nightmare. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, here's some more recent ones. Samaje, it's maybe not the best example, it's but it's point. a good example. Like, yeah. He's still playing now. And a lot of people thought, even though he's the all-time leading rusher in OU history, 2016, well, I think it was a popular opinion that people he was the second best running back on his own team for that 2016 yeah, season. Yeah, and then you know he goes to the NFL, and it looked like a couple of different times that, man, it's going to be tough. But he's been resilient, and he's bounced back, and he's been durable. And and he's been productive. That's a good one. At Drum God 1974. That sounds like someone you'd be friends yeah. with. At Drum God 74. Must be me <laughs> if I was only born in 74. You got Shep there, Ben Powers, yes, but a, a great one. A great one, especially with the position that ha- change that happened. Blake Bell. Two Super Bowl rings. There's no doubt. What's Is he going into his – what his first year in the league would have been 2015. So, quick math. How many is years right? is that? Yeah, he just wasn't, finished his eighth. Yeah, wow. Just signed another one-year deal, correct? I think so. Yeah, got two Super Bowl rings. Blake Bell is maybe he's not Jalen Hurts, and he's maybe not Hillbilly Kobe, but Blake Bell might be third on that list in terms of surprising pro careers. That's wild. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. Um, James Winchester been in the league forever. Yep, yep. That's a good one. Odd, um, odd response from a Texas fan, Ronnie. Does Austin Reeves not look like Tucker Carlson? Hook him. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the response, Ronnie. <laughs> he does. I he would not shock you to see him in a um, bow tie, right? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I can I can visualize that, I suppose. He's. He walks into the locker room every day, which, you know, when you walk into the locker room, when you're in professional sports, most guys are wearing, like, T-shirt, shorts, very, very casual. I feel like he walks in 
with uh, a long sleeve button up shirt tucked into jeans whenever he walks into the in locker room. In tennis shoes, along with the, with <laughs> yeah, the jeans. In tennis shoes. Tress Way, getting a lot of love on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, Tony Jefferson, who didn't even get drafted. No kidding. That is a great one. Is he still in the league? I think last year may have been the first year that he didn't catch on. Hmm. Let's not forget Las Vegas locomotives <laughs> legend Teddy Lehman from yeah, the 918. Right. That's true. That's right. Uh, yeah, Jordan Phillips is another great one. He's still going. He's making a ton of money. Yeah, and was playing for, like, I, I mean, the Bills have been playing some pretty good defense, but mm-hmm. I feel like with their better defenses, he was right right there in the middle of their defensive line. Yep, yep. You know, and he was he was a really good player at OU, but he was really bothered pretty much the entire time by uh, by that back injury. And I think he finally got over that and really got the the best he the most he could out of himself. But he was always like right there on the verge of being really really good. Garrett Hartley since the sent the Saints to the Super Bowl they yeah. won. That is correct. Who they beat the Vikings that day because the Vikings turned it over like four or five times mm-hmm. with uh, Adrian Peterson and Brett Favre. Yeah. Uh, Tony Jefferson was with the Giants last year okay. and invited back year eleven. Nice Jeez, year eleven. Ben nice. Powers. Yeah, I mean, Ben Powers was good at it. Maybe he was overshadowed by in Orlando Brown, but Ben Powers was really good at OU. Just made a ton of money. He just signed a, a deal. Where did he Where did he go? Is he in Denver now, too? I want to say, he's in, De- I, I I wanna say right. he's in Denver now, too. He signed a, signed a big deal as a free agent. Yeah. I think uh, Austin Reeves and Jalen Hurts, though, are probably one and two at this point. Especially I mean, at the right time, too, that they're getting paid. There's an interesting one in, in Kelly Gregg. Um, I, I, that's probably right. See, I didn't know Kelly Gregg or anything until, like, whenever I got to OU, there was always guys that were talking about him. But my first, like, time seeing him is whenever he was on, like, those Ravens defenses. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that guy definitely belongs. But yes, I can imagine, um, like whenever he was at OU, that you wouldn't envision him having as long of an NFL career as he did. But absolute animal. Well, after Baker Mayfield takes the Tampa Bay Bucks to the Super Bowl this year ah. and wins the dead gum thing, maybe Baker Mayfield will be in this discussion in a year's time. Huh? There you go. There you go. He needs a bounce back here. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. At Learn more about adopting a teen? Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. The Rush, live on the ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Big story in college football today. Probably that uh, Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman has committed to Florida State. A top 25 transfer in the portal cycle. Led uh, Michigan State with 58 catches for 798 yards and seven touchdowns last year. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Um, Florida State's got a good offense, a returning quarterback. Johnny Wilson at wide receiver, who's 6'7". Keon Coleman, probably Michigan State's best player last year. More than likely going to be a nice complimentary number two wide receiver to Johnny Wilson and uh, Jordan Travis throwing the ball. So, big news for Florida State today. That's a nice get. That's big for FSU, uh, getting the Coleman kid out of uh, Michigan State. 
Um, they've got a really talented roster. Bunch of guys back, experienced, talented at quarterback. How dangerous are they for the college football playoff? Uh, I'd say very. very. I mean, if they can just split their first two games, I don't even think they necessarily have to go 2-0. and If they can just split their first two games, you know, lose a close one to LSU – and then go on the road and beat Clemson. I think they roll into October as a top ten team and one that's got a pretty favorable schedule from there on out to uh, to to make the playoff. Where do you think they're going to enter the season as ranked in the top twenty five preseason? Think, okay, let me think. Georgia will be one. I think Michigan will be two. I think Ohio State will be three. Bama will be four. LSU will be five, and Florida State will be six. So six, I guess. What about Clemson? Clemson, I think, might be right behind them at seven. Am I forgetting someone obvious that I'm going to be ranking too low? You said Ohio State? Yeah, I have them at three. I don't, I'm guessing what it's going to be. Yeah. Ohio State at three and Bama at four. Um, I guess what I'm saying is if they beat LSU and Clemson in those first four games, where are they going to be? Number two, maybe, behind, uh, behind Georgia. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I mean, USC will be ranked in the top eight as well, so throw them in there in front or right behind Clemson, whatever. They got a chance to, like, you know, blow out of the starting gate and get into a really good position. And, frankly, from that point on, Virginia Tech at home, Syracuse at home, Duke at home, at Wake, at Pitt, Miami, uh, Northern Alabama, and then at Florida to end things. And depending on what you get from Florida, like that – if they can make it through the first four games, like like you said, with the split or, geez, maybe even win both, I mean, it's never smooth sailing, but you don't see many big roadblocks in their way. No, you really don't. Uh, I guess the big OU football news today is that Avian Sims, four-star oh. defensive lineman out of Durant, 6'3", 275, announcing on Saturday afternoon. And Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports puts a crystal ball in for Oregon. So what's the – any idea, like, what has changed? They dropped a bag. No, I, I don't know any idea what's changed. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and if it if it helps, I, I don't know. But it still feels like the OU, like, like, recruiting reporters are still confident. Like, it's, okay, I respect Steve, and he knows. Like, I, I understand that, all that. But I, I haven't heard any OU reporters changing their opinion on the matter, at least yeah. just yet. Yeah. Well – but there's going to be drama going into drama and suspense going into Saturday's decision, and this is this is one that you want an interior defensive lineman at six three two seventy five. From your own footprint, yes. I mean that is something that that matters. Um, and he's and he's ranked as the number one player in the state by rivals, which I went back today just to see, like to use it on the recruiting show, locked in. To see how many times OU's gotten the, the the number one player from the state, according to rivals, of course, since two thousand and three. That's how far back they go. How many year in the past twenty one classes? That's that's uh, as many as they track. How many times has OU got the number one player in the state? Twenty one years, twenty one classes. Um, I don't think it's very many, but I'm gonna say half. I'll go. I'll go eleven. You're close to being dead on balls accurate. Twelve. Wow. Twelve years. Uh, Oklahoma State's got the top player twice. Michigan State once. Florida once. 
UCLA once. Michigan. Texas, Arkansas, Michigan, and Tennessee all once. Yeah. In fact, OU, the numbers would look a lot better if OU wasn't on a little bit of a drought. Like if, if Zadavian Sims does, in fact, go to Oregon, it'll be four consecutive classes where OU hasn't gotten the top player in the state. It would be Zadavian Sims this year. By Job went to Michigan State in 23. Chris McClellan went to Florida in 22. And Kendall Daniels went to Oklahoma State in 21. The last top player OU's gotten in the state is Andrew Rame at a broken arrow. Well, back in the 2020 class. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I know you'd like to get it um, or get him. The thing, I don't know a whole lot about the kid. I've never seen him really play. Um, you know, he's not from one of the typical high schools. And apparently there's another kid down there what, a year behind at Durant that's supposed to be they really good. They got a C4. Um, I think is it the C4 factory, but they've got like a workout performance center that they've got a lot of big time prospects. I think in all sports that work out down there. Nice. And, and he's one of those. Um, I had fun going back and looking at the top player from the state from several years past. And again, I can't see 02, 01, or anything before that. But how about this one, two, three, four, five year stretch for the state of Oklahoma, okay? Mm-hmm. 2003, Robert Meacham, who was 99, 99% committed to OU, goes to Tennessee but has a nice NFL career with the Saints, okay? Let me see if I can guess these. Okay, 03, Robert Meacham, who's 04. The well, rest of these guys went to OU. I'll give you a hint uh, there. Oh, okay. Um, 04, number one player in Oklahoma. Came in as a running back, ended up playing defensive back. <sighs> out of Lawton. Come on. Out of Lawton? Yes, that should be enough of a hint. 2004 class, came in as a running back. I have no idea. DJ Wolf. Oh, yeah. I think he went to Eisenhower. I should have known that. 05 is a guy that's currently on staff right now. 2005, number one player in Oklahoma, currently on staff. Big-time linebacker. Big oh, Curtis Lofton. Linebacker. 2006 was an All-American and a top, what, five selection in the NFL draft. Oh, Gerald McCoy. Yeah. 2007, he was from Enid High School. Enid? Mm-hmm. Is that um, – oh, maybe that's El Reno. Why am I – I'm, I'm wanting to say Austin it's Box. It's Austin Box. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how about that five-year run? Robert that's, Meacham, DJ Wolf, Curtis Lofton, Gerald McCoy, Austin Box. That's pretty good. That's very good. Very, very good. Haven't had a five-year run like that in – well, since then, essentially. Wow. Well, hopefully they still are, are able to pull the uh, – the kid away from Oregon, but it's starting to look like that's not going to be likely, right? I mean, it, judging by the the national recruiting guys, I, I'm we'll, we'll see what the next couple of days look like. Yeah, all right. You know how crazy recruiting can get. Um, I know we only have a few days until Saturday, but that is that's a lifetime right. when we're talking about going down the stretch for a decision. A right. lot, a lot of things can happen late in the process. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment is next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. At Lander's Chevy of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, right now, get incredible... 
Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Wednesday. It's The Rush, live on The Ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We found out yesterday about Lane Jenkins, defensive end, edge player, joining OU from uh, Butler County Community College after just one year. Found out a little bit more since yesterday. Apparently Georgia was trying to get in on this kid as well. So, I mean, that's normally enough to to tell me that this is a pretty good get. It's a pretty good ad. Yeah. Well, um, after snooping around a bit, um, I've got a source familiar with the (laughs) goings-on at OU and uh, basically said that the kid's 6'6", 250 pounds, uh, incredibly athletic, bends really well, explosive, only played one year of football in high school, uh, is a basketball player, um, really smart kid, good GPA, was overlooked in high school, and according to the the coach there in Butler, had he come back for a second year there at, at Butler, would have had a chance to win the, the national player of the year. Man. And um, so it looks like it's probably going to be a little bit of a project, um, probably a year or so, maybe maybe a little bit more. But uh, I think he's got a really good upside. 6'6", 250, and incredible athleticism. I, you can work with that. From the state of Illinois originally. And okay. he is probably the quietest ad that OU has seen in – like scholarship ad, it's the quietest ad that we've yeah. seen in a while. I, I mean, the, the fact that Georgia was trying to get in on this kid, and we had no idea he existed until like yesterday. I I like the fact that just like if you're dreaming, that uh, we could have uh, two defensive ends that are six six, two hundred fifty fifty five plus pounds. Uh, out there on the outside getting after the quarterback. They're slowly but surely starting to look a little bit different, aren't they? Well, even the anonymous anonymous Big 12 coach, for how much he trashed OU, he did say they looked great getting off the bus last year. (laughs) So, yeah, they're going to look even better here in the the years to come. No kidding. Uh, CBS Sports ranked the 25 best Power 5 coaches. Well, they ranked the 69 best, so there's 69 of them. Brent uh, was ranked 52. Some uh, some highlights here. You had Lance Leipold at Kansas at 23. Matt Brown at 22. Jimbo Fisher at 20. Mark Stoops at 18. Mike, or Mike Gundy at 17. Josh Heupel at 16. God, Lane Kiffin at 14. Okay. Chris Kleiman at K-State at 12. Sonny Dykes, TCU at 11. And then the top five, you have Jim Harbaugh, Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. Would you change anyone in that top five? Harbaugh, uh, Riley, Sweeney, Smart, Saban? No. That's fine. Um, I'm just thinking we've got we got Kleiman, we got Gundy, we got Dykes, we've got, I'm sure, Sarkeesian. I'm trying to think of all of the Big 12 coaches that are ranked ahead of uh, University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. Uh, Leipold. Trying to think of the only really the the way that you do it is find the ones that are not. And the one uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia was ranked at fifty nine. That's it. And Scott Satterfield, the new coach at Cincinnati, was ranked fifty four. So currently, Brent is ranked as the twelfth best head coach in the Big Twelve with fourteen teams. 
hey, it could have been worse. They could have put Satterfield at uh, 50, and then it would just been him and Neil Brown. At least Brent is ranked in front of Deion Sanders. Hey. He may not have a team next year. Coach Venables did lose to one of those guys that was ranked below him last year, Neil Brown. Oh, gosh, yes. That, that's that's um, not really the way that we should end the show today, but hey, it turns I, out that it is true that that, that did happen. I'm happy about it. Uh, low expectations, flying under the radar right now. They are flying. Golly, man, for OU standards, they are flying under the radar. And when I say OU standards, there's been so many years where they've been thought of very highly. I mean, even as recent as, what, two years ago, yeah. a lot of people on game day picked them to win the, the national championship. But this is the lowest expectations OU will have since when? 1999. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but, hey. I'm, I like it that way, and it's going to get even worse. Whenever they don't get this kid from Durant, and he goes to Oregon, is that your official prediction? Teddy's crystal ball says Oregon, Vanderbilt, Michigan State, TCU. For what? Zadavian Sims. Oregon. We're talking about okay. Oregon. Um, you where do you, where do you think? That's what Wilt Fong says. Oh, oh, you just copying off Wilt Fong now? Um, just following the crystal balls at this point? I feel like when something like that happens, like if he didn't have something and it, or he did and the it either late, changed or the late predictions or yeah. Oregon here down the stretch, That's which normally saying. normally says something. Yeah. All right. It, whenever you got a late prediction from people that. Like he usually doesn't say something unless he kind of has a good idea, right? From from what I remember, I think so. Like I, I feel like there's there's something going on there for sure. And Teddy's crystal ball says Oregon. However, Gunny yeah. on the text line says I don't trust Teddy's balls. So there's that. Well, be the <laughs> Do first. That what you will. Be the first one not to. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Check great. with me on Monday, so we Gunny. Have, we have that, and then the visual of Teddy wearing a speedo in high school so for the Fort Gibson swim team. Awesome, yeah. great. Captain Willard says, "Great show or great going as always, boys. Never miss a day. I lead a serious existence, and you guys lighten the mood with humor and inform Sooner fans with valuable insight. Nobody does it better." Appreciate it, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> Try not to lead such a serious existence. Lighten up, Francis. You know? <laughs> I hope that's what you were looking for, Captain Willard. You that's give us the, a compliment, and Teddy uh, Teddy makes makes fun of you. Right that's, back. The, uh, that's the CIA agent out there that's listening in on our show. Make sure we're not spreading disinformation around, which we do from time to time. Well, yeah, I well, do. you did yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I think OU Texas will be a 2.30 kick, and I guess you could be right about that, yeah. but your main point is there's no way it's on ABC in a 2.30 kick. Well, the last two years have been ABC, and they've been 11 a.m. kicks. Right. It's still, I'm reporting that it's going to be a 2.30 kick. you got to Speak it into existence, Tyler. All right, that's it for us today. You guys, fantastic as always. You drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's all go enjoy an ice-cold Pacifico. Pacifico.